0: show is called play it forward real people real stories the struggle to play it forward episode number 536 is with songwriter holly knight author of i am the warrior holly knight what you have done with music is just i i mean and you put it into words because the rest of us we sing your words we, we 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 live out your words and and now it's in book form
1: oh thank you so much for having me you know um
0: did did you write music while you were putting this together? Because you seem to be the type of person where the music never shuts off
1: um you know it took me a couple years to write this book and truth be told I actually had written probably twice what the book is like if the book is 267 pages I probably wrote double that and then when my editor got involved we started slicing and dicing you know trimming off the fat and uh, so it was very much a full-time job um I mean I always walk in my studio and I play every day but I think I kind of you know I've been doing that for so long that I just kind of put that to the side until I got toward the end of the book. And then I just launched back into a new record with the band that I'm producing uh, named La Crush. Mm.
0: So when when you sit down with your editor and 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 I've, I've had some entanglements with editors because it's like you, you have to trust their vision, but at the same time, they're taking away so much of your art. Would you rather be with the editor or the engineer of making music?
1: Um well when when you think of it, editing and engineering it's I think of it as the one in the same okay you know okay um and, and I produce records so I can sit down and do pro tools on my own <laughs> uh, I don't need an engineer in the room I that's by design you know I've always sort of been a geek when it comes to technological stuff and um, I really sort of like to get into that like I'm really I'm very good at pro tools I'm very good at photoshop because I like to do photography so um you know, I figure the more tools I can put in my toolbox, the less I need them. And you know, like I never like the idea of having someone else in the room when I'm writing, except the writer. You know, I don't. I don't like the idea of some people I've seen they have an engineer in the room and they have other people, and it's sort of like you know, it's weird. It's like someone watching you have sex in a way. You know, I'm with you on that
0: because I've I've used the term that when when people step into my production area, I, I go, it's like you walked in on me, and I'm in the bathroom. You would never walk in on me like that. I said, you've got to give me. A- heads up that you're coming into my space
1: yeah absolutely
0: absolutely Um, because creativity is one of those things I mean I look at it as its it's energy that's moving through you and if you're not listening it's gonna move beyond you
1: that's really well put and you're right it is energy that's running through you I've always felt that songwriting is like that Um, I write about that in my book the warrior you know um, the writing process and you know people have asked me my whole career you know what's your process and I don't really like to discuss it too much because it's intangible and you know to put your finger on it I feel like it's almost going to ruin it but I do say in the book that uh, if you've ever played the Ouija board Ouija game <laughs> it's sort of like you know there's a planchette it's this heart-shaped wooden thing and you put your fingers on it and then it's supposed to lead you in a direction now we know that the players everybody's okay they're really moving this thing around but actually I think it's a combination of both I think there is a lot of energy unspoken energy there and it's kind of like that when I'm writing it's like I put my hands on a guitar keyboard and I just Let them lead me around. You know, it's being pulled in some sort of direction. And um, that's about as close as I can get to describing it, you know. Uh, Because it's like you're on autopilot. You're in some other dimension. And... You know a lot of people have said oh you know i'm not even responsible for that it just ran right through me and um, i was the catalyst but i i think it's actually a partnership i think it's a partnership of who you are and what you bring and what your energy and style is and then tapping into that sort of ether out there in the universe um if that makes sense, it, it does make
0: sense. Um, and, and you know, one one of the things that that I've I've trusted with creativity is that it basic, basically you're here for a moment, and and in that moment, you know what you put on paper or what you record into. I, I mean, I've got a writing instrument here that has a built-in recorder, and and it's it's like I you've got to preserve it because it really isn't for you. Someone else needs to pick it up, and 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 they're they're going to be singing along with it.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So one of the things, Holly, that that I love about this book is that that I I grew up in the age of radio where when we did our ASCAP BMI reports and stuff like that we had to put the songwriters' names on that paper. So much of that is lost today because the the people that are on the air don't know the songwriters, and and that's that's and so a book like this really opens up the eyes and the heart of those that are in radio or television. Says, hey, look, something happens before they start singing it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, even back then, I mean, now it's just ridiculous because you, you don't have like this wonderful thing that you can touch with your hands, which had liner notes. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the people that they I used to be fascinated with the thank yous, You know, I always wanted to read like who they knew and who were those people and who worked on the record, who engineered it, who did the artwork, the photography. You know, I mean, it takes a village to make not even a village. It takes a mass amount of energy and a large amount of people to make the artist look and sound good and you know again I write about this in my book that they don't really want the public to know that they did not write the song Mm -hmm. and sometimes they sort of intimate that they had a lot to do with it when they didn't and It's, you know, it's, I mean, I hate to say it. And because I'm not, I'm not a victim and I live an incredibly, you know, incredibly successful lifestyle, but um, you know, it's just, after a while it kind of like you, you kind of accept that no one's gonna know you wrote that song and it doesn't matter because you know, and you know that people are enjoying it and loving it, you know, but I talk a lot about that in my book. Uh there's so many acts that I work with. I mean people probably think that Tina Turner wrote the best.
0: Yep. You know? Yep yep I mean you, you you've, let's talk about Tina Turner and the best and stuff because we we played it so much that our airwaves needed those songs do you ever sit back and think how much that you gave to radio I mean I, I realize the royalty fees and stuff like that but still if we didn't have you Holly we, we would not have had those ratings we would not have been there during those promotions when Tina came to town
1: oh thank you that's very kind that's very generous of you to say that I mean, you've made my day um You know i think mtv had a lot to do with that and and so the book is very centric on that and in fact all the original uh, vjs wrote an, an, an amazing blurb and i've become friends with all of them except for jj jackson who unfortunately passed away um and you know it was just like the best thing that could have happened to me because I had so many songs that would be out at at one time and I think that's why I ended up writing a book because people I wasn't going to write a book and people would say to me you worked with so many people and you got to know them you dated some of them you you still buddies with some of them I mean I'm still buddies with the guys in Kiss you know we email (laughs) other. I just sent a copy of the book to Gene Simmons and um you know it's 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 nice after all these years to sort of look back and say you know that really did happen to me that wasn't somebody else that i'm writing about that happened to me and it makes me giggle a little you know um but i i felt really blessed in a way that i got to work with some of the top artists some of the biggest artists um out there and um it's good to know that I made a mark you know I mean you know because it's centric on the MTV years the fact that they validated it by saying MTV would not have been the same without Holly Knight and I'm just paraphrasing in case it sounds conceited
0: (laughs) no (laughs) you know be proud of the moment man own it
1: yeah. Thank you. Okay. I'm gonna own it. So <laughs> I was badass, <laughs> and I still am. I'm still. You know, I, I never stopped writing after the '80s. It's just that I chose to write about that period because it's a love letter to the '80s for me. Yeah. You know, it was just a very fun, crazy. I mean, come on, the videos. Some of them were so ridiculous. You had to love it. I mean, when I wrote "Love Is a Battlefield," I didn't think the video would end up with her being a hooker in a bar. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 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 or when Obsession was filmed and, and and you had like guys in togas walking around serving or d'oeuvres around a swimming pool I mean who knew they used to have cows walking through the set you know um, so that's just that's a charming time capsule that we don't really see that anymore things have become a lot darker and a lot more serious and a lot more processed and digital yep. and um you know it's not so much about the songs now which i'm hoping that will change i'm hoping that the next generation will kind of go backwards in that way and start thinking more about the songs you know you the, the people that you've
0: been with because i mean with john wait cheap trick and you you mentioned the group kiss not even 10 feet from me is an original oil from. From, from Paul Stanley where we I was standing next to him while we were talking about this painting and, and the thing is is that we get to see these people in the real light when you create with them my God you're in an innocent state of mind what is it like for you then to relinquish what came through you?
1: Uh, you mean the state of? I'm not sure what you're asking. In other words, when it, it,
0: first of all, when when a song comes to you, yeah, you're in that moment of now. But now you're you're going to pass it on to somebody. who It's going to become a part of their their image, their legacy. I mean, it's, it's like, but but we got to sit there and say, but it started at Holly, and that's what I think is unfair about music is that we we forget about the songwriters.
1: I know it's we're always sort of at the bottom. Yeah, the bottom end of things. I don't know why that is, but. Um, you know, it's the same thing with theater. I mean, they when they do jukeboxes, they don't even mention the songwriters. They don't even... They're not... Like, for instance, Tina Turner won... Uh, the musical won 11 Tonys, and not one of them went to a songwriter because... Wow. I guess the songs weren't written for the musical they were hits before but still you know a lot of work went into that to to get that song written and out there and I don't think the musical would have been the same without the best so uh, you know the wig maker got an award and the set designer did but not the songwriter so you have to just sort of you just have to, you know, it's like anything. I mean, how many jobs out there are thankless, you know, and people mm-hmm. don't thank you and you work your ass off, but you keep doing it because you're passionate about it and you have a lot of love for what you do. And, and, um, but it hasn't been all that bad either. I mean, I've, ha- I mean, I got inducted into the Songwriting Hall of Fame and that was nice because that, that was a moment of recognition that I could never have dreamed of, you know. And the year that I got inducted was great because it was Steven Tyler and Joe oh, Perry, I mean, man. and, and Lou Graham. I mean, these were all people I had had hits with. So it was kind of like a rock and roll graduation ceremony or something.
0: Wow. You, you say passion. I say addiction. What, which one is it? Because, I mean, I, I, I have a, a, a podcast on iHeartRadio that's all about creativity is the addiction. I believe that we're addicted.
1: Oh, God, it is so true. That is, that's a great question, because I can't help but be creative, whether it's, I really got into photography later in life, in life. Um, I love making and creating things, not just songs, you know, I just, I can't help but do that, you know. Um, I can't even help looking at like if I'm driving in the country or driving around in like some city in Europe and I see buildings it's like I'm already redecorating them in my mind or putting shutters on the on the building (laughs) it's just this creative it's sort of creativity means that you're creating something out of nothing basically
0: I I love that feeling though
1: yeah yeah it's it's it's, uh it's spiritual you know absolutely And, and it's soul deep
0: Changing your name How many people in your family Did you upset Because I I had to go through that And and, and to this day They're still very unforgiving It's like Why did you have to do that It's like You know what It's my journey
1: You know, it just didn't sound like a very rock and roll name to me and I was in a band and we were all at that time thinking, you know, maybe I'll change my, now it's different. Now it's sort of like with things being more diverse and stuff, you have some names that are very sort of ethnic and stuff. And um, I talk about in the book and, and, and really the whole process of how that happened, but it came to me in a dream. And i know that sounds cliche because i had been thinking of names and i couldn't and then in the, the dream i mean my first name has always been holly i was born with that well i wasn't born with that it didn't come out with a card around my neck but my mother my mother named me holly <laughs> right i came out with a cigar in my mouth and a newspaper in my hand adora. um no it just felt right and the minute that I realized that my name was Holly Knight. I went and legally changed it and I never looked back and it sort of seemed to sort of cosmically sort of without knowing it fit my whole trajectory. I mean, I started writing songs like The Warrior, The Warrior's The Night. There were a lot of things that had to do with, uh, the, the songs had to do with fighting, which I wasn't aware of until an interviewer said to me, you know, a lot of your songs are about fighting. Tell us about that. And I, and I said, well, they're not all about fighting. He said, no, it's compelling. It's cool. Like, but what's about I said I don't know and I went home and I looked at like the warrior invincible um, better be good to me uh, you know just loves a battlefield and I yeah. thought you know this guy was right I haven't I miss something so vital so I um, I realized that it was about fighting for something and not with people, you know. So a lot of my songs are kind of passionate crusades, you know. We will be invincible and with the power of conviction, there is no sacrifice. You know, I'm a very, I came from a very dramatic sort of New York uh, Jewish home and my fun- my family's they're all divorced and there's a lot of dysfunctionality and a lot of drama so I'm I like to put a lot of drama into my songs i mean they could be in movies you know they could be many movies isn't that a form
0: of defragging and what i mean by that is is that what we experience in the everyday life we have to talk to our inner core and from from that inner person inside of us here comes this art and and we release it in a way to where people they either understand it or they have their own interpretation
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you cannot, anytime you try to be contrived and you try too hard, it comes out sounding contrived, you know? So you have to write what you know, and you have to keep it real. And you write about, when you keep it real, you, there are other people that are going to relate to that. We all basically go through the same emotions, whether it's falling in love, out of love fighting for something being pissed off at your you know your 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 boss or something they're relatable Mm -hmm. so you just keep it real you know
0: I think music teachers across the country need to add this book to their to their curriculums. And the reason why is because there's a lot of songwriters sitting in bedrooms right now that, that are going through some tough times, generation Zers and millennials and things. And they need to be shown the way that that what they're feeling and what what they're you know, I mean, and they need to hear these stories because as radio jocks, we're not sharing these stories. So how do we inspire that next generation? We have to have books like this.
1: You know, thank you. I also um, from time to time I've taught master classes, and I love teaching. I love seeing the look on people's faces when they have a dream yeah. and actually picture that it could become reality. Um, and my book is dedicated. It, uh, the dedication reads to anyone who ever had a dream. And was told no Mm -hmm. because that was me and you just have to really you know the the naysayers have to be put behind you and you have to just keep pushing forward if you have a dream and dreams it sounds cliche but the dreams come true if you follow them you know and mine did I'm living proof you know so I'm I'll thank you for saying that because I do actually want to tour the music colleges and oh my um, God, that'd be so incredible some speaking. Oh my yeah God. I mean because it's different you know it's different to have a teacher who didn't really do much and then is teaching it's different to have someone that was actually went to the top of the mountain and those are the people that you want to listen to that's why when I had Mike Chapman uh, as a mentor you know he had produced So many number one records, all the Blondie stuff and My Sharona and uh, Hot Child in the City. And he was also a very successful songwriter. You know, he wrote uh, for Huey Lewis. Actually, he didn't write for them, but they cut uh, Heart and Soul, which is like one of my favorite songs of the 80s. I love that song. Um, So just look for the people that have done and I mean there's so many people out there now that call themselves influencers and I'm not sure what they've done enough to be an influencer for me I want to hear from the people that actually did it Yeah. because that
0: makes me realize dreams come true oh you got to get into those schools because when Marvin Hamlish came to my 7th grade music class that mm-hmm. changed me forever I mean forever
1: wow wow yeah he's a big one wow he's legendary
0: wow you got to come back to this show anytime in the future holly the door is always going to be open for you i would love to thank you so much for having me oh i feel blessed that you've been here what a great storyteller and i just look forward to reading more and more and more about you
1: oh well i'd love to hear what you think about it so uh let me know absolutely be brilliant today
0: okay thank you you too you bet. everybody be brilliant i love it